everyone. This is the Loose Cannon, David McBee, and I'm joined by my co-host. He's back, the one and only Joey the Dragon Shaw. That's right. Hey, and this time, Dave, I'm not in a secure location. I'm not in a bunker. So hopefully you're not going to lose me. Uh, we, we got great signal. I got four bars. So we're ready to knock out this epic XFL podcast. Of course, Joey the Dragon, he's in an undisclosed location somewhere in north central Arkansas. We can't tell anyone because who knows if we told him then we'd have to do something to him. But this the paparazzi. is... The paparazzi would be out, you know, you just, you got to stay away from those cameras. Well, the paparazzi are out because last week, shout out to the fans, number 87 in the uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to all the fans for helping us in our category. We were ranked number 87 and we couldn't have done it without each and every one of them out there. That's right. Thank you guys. And of course, today's episode is, this is the XFL. Now, my voice is completely trash. I shouldn't have done my Vince McMahon impression, but uh, I had to because speaking of Vince McMahon, man, Joey the Dragon, we had a poll last week on the Twin Lakes Sports Network that was uh, pretty cool, the response that we got. It is. Uh, out of all the polls we've done, this is our... Uh, the highest uh, engaged poll that we've ever done, the most voted on poll, I should say, uh, in our, uh, you know, our other uh, side gig, our Twin Lake Sports Network, uh, where it was shared. Uh, yeah, it was blowing up. Well, then, and we'll talk, we'll start off tonight's show talking a little bit about our poll that we did. Uh, we ended up, we had 921 people online vote. Uh, we ended at 51% said yes, 49% said no. But when you break it down, 474 people said yes, 447 said no. And the question was, several recent interviews have said Vince McMahon will stay out of the limelight with this XFL 2020. Our question was, will Vince McMahon be able to stay behind the scenes this time? And, uh, man, I I'll tell you, we haven't seen a poll this close since Al Gore and George W. Bush back when they were counting chads in Florida in late 2000. <laughs> That's a good one there. Uh, yeah, well, it's because of the character of Vince McMahon, you know. Uh, people were torn here. Yeah, people were torn. Of course, you know, the XFL the first time, it was his baby. He was front and center. And that was, you know, what a lot of the comments said. And just to read a couple of the comments, I'll share one. Uh, uh, Andres Gonzalez said, just based on his character, I would say no. But based on his wallet and what happened last time, maybe. Uh, then we had a gentleman, uh, David Duchesne, uh, said, honestly, I think he will. I catch WWE stuff every now and then. And he isn't even on all of that. So it was a split group. I mean, they were just battling out. I didn't know which way the fans we're going to go, but they ended up saying they think Vince McMahon is going to be involved. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing in the previous one. Honestly, that kind of helped lead to the downfall of the original XFL. Yeah. So Vince McMahon, he, he's a smart guy. He's a businessman. So hopefully he's learned from his mistakes. And like the, uh, uh, Andreas, uh, Gonzalez said, you know, He's got his he's got his wallet there this time. He's got his own money uh, tied up into this, so maybe that'll keep him away this time. 
Well, I will say when I initially voted, I voted no initially in my own personal vote. I said no. And the reason is, you know, with the WWE, one of the big criticisms of the WWE struggling with the shows they're putting on is because Vince McMahon will not step away. He meddles in all the shows. He's rewriting scripts last second. He is constantly involved in everything going down. But if you notice with this with this XFL that he set up, Vince is really, we haven't seen him. He did the initial press conference kicking it off. And after that, all we've seen is Oliver Luck, who's the commissioner of the league and who is a very well-respected fo- football guy, uh, really taking front and center. I actually changed my vote to yes. I think he is going to stay out of the uh, foreground uh, because he really did. You know, you think back to the original XFL when he was fighting with uh, Bob Costas on HBO, ready to lay the smackdown on him. Uh, I think he realized, hey, I maybe I need to do this more from the shadows. Uh, but I don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. What do you think, Dragon? I think uh, I think he's going to stay out of it. Like I said, he's uh, this is his second time uh, coming out with the XFL, and uh, he's got a lot of money tied up into this. And again, he's a he's a businessman. He's a smart man. So hopefully, he's learned from his lessons again. I think he has, and I think he'll stay out of it uh, for the most part. You know, there'll be behind the scenes uh, things that you know. Hopefully. Uh, you know, you, you won't see it or get it won't be at, be out to the public. Uh, he'll let his uh, people that are the CEO and the people running the XFL, let them be the guys out in front in front of the uh, fans and the media. And he stay behind the scenes on this one. Well, I think I think Vince McMahon will not be involved at the start. However, if the tide starts to turn, it's looking like the league is going to tank. I can see Vince McMahon stepping in there because he has 500 million reasons why. He, he wants this thing to be successful because he's putting his own money on the line. I think he is giving the football guys an opportunity first. But if it starts to go, Vince McMahon's a promoter. He's the best in the world when it comes, especially professional wrestling. He wants this thing to be successful. Uh, but the crowd was torn. I mean, you're talking out of 921 people. There was only a difference of 27 votes out of that 921 people that voted. Yeah, and I'd agree with you on that, David. But um, if it got to that point, I, I could see a, a very good reason for him to jump in. But early on going, I, I think he's going to stay out of it. Uh, unless, you, like you say, unless the, the ship begins to sink, then uh, he's going to obviously uh, you want to step in at that point when you got that much money on the line. But I want to throw a quick shout out. Thank you to all the fans who have, have joined in on those votes. A uh, lot of comments, too, some great comments. Uh, all throughout, uh, people really stating their opinion. I loved it. I loved reading it. I appreciate all them uh, getting involved. And speaking of involved, that's going to take us to our next little segment. Uh, the Oklahoma Firefighters Pension and Retirement System has gotten involved with the WWE in regards to the WWE focusing resources on Vince McMahon's Alpha Entertainment which is the parent company of the forthcoming XFL. What do you think of that lawsuit, Joey the Dragon? Uh, I hate to see it. Um, we haven't even we haven't even started. We haven't seen kickoff yet, and already uh, lawsuits. Uh, it just brings up uh, memories of the AAF for me. So I hate to see it. But uh, I, I think uh, at the end of this, I don't know if they they're gonna if they're gonna have a leg to stand on. So. 
Well, breeding the lawsuit, and I'm kind of looking at the allegations, the suit alleges that Vince McMahon and other senior officials have not been keeping up with their duties to the WWE. And as was reported in Forbes, stockholders are alleging Vince McMahon is engaging in transactions that are in conflict with WWE's uh, interests. The suit intends to investigate the pricing on various rights and IP in relation to the resurrection of the formerly defunct league. Uh, and kind of crazy where this comes about. But to me, what I think this all comes down to, I think this is about the stock price. And I think this is about the $500 million that Vince McMahon cashed in on his uh, stock in order to start Alpha Entertainment. Yeah, and like you said it right there, his his stock, that's uh, his money, his stock. And, you know, you bring up a point about the WWE and their stock drop. And uh, this is just my opinion. The WWE has a lot more competition than they have here in the in the recent past. You know, there for a while they were out there all alone um, with not a lot of competition. And here in the last year, man, we've really seen that, that change. The wrestling uh, world has been changed by you got that now the AEW uh, in the resurrection and of the NWA that's really taken off. So there's some good uh, key players out there on the field when it comes to the wrestling world. Uh, so there, the viewers can now there's choices, there's choices for the viewers. Well, I mean, to me, this lawsuit just kind of came out of left field. You're kind of wondering what's the motivation behind. It. I think the motivation, they're probably not happy with their stock returns. Uh, you know, yeah, business is down for the WWE this year. But like you said, it's because of a lot of things. It's increased competition. It's honestly, the WWE product sucks. It's not that good right now. Uh, it is kind of a downturn. I know they haven't uh, met their forecasting. I think for a lot of different w reasons. Uh, honestly, though, Vince McMahon, if you read what's going on with the WWE, he's probably more involved than ever. He just fired Eric Bischoff about two months ago because he didn't like the job he was doing as being head of uh, SmackDown. To me, he's still super involved. He's changing scripts every week. How's that not keeping up with their duties to the WWE? Yeah, I, I agree with you. So, you know, I, w I wish uh, <laughs> I wish I could uh, go sue somebody when my stocks uh, start to drop. But, uh, you know, I don't have time for that, uh, nor do I have the money to hire uh, expensive lawyers for that. Well, I will say one of the funniest things I read, of course, you know, good old Jim Ross. Where is he from? Oklahoma. Uh, one of the theories that I read online was uh, – this all is JR's old doing. This is him getting back. JR has nothing to do with it, but it is funny to read some of those crazy stories. Where did you read that one at? I had to go back. That That is comical. Yeah, I think it was on, uh, actually it was prowrestling.com underneath the story <laughs> about it. There's some comments, and one of them uh, said, this is good old JR's doing. It looks like that was David Lopez on that site. So, hey, <laughs> I, I got a kick out of it at least. Blaming good old JR. Poor JR. No matter where he's at, he's going to get blamed for everything. Uh, but uh, we'll be interested. It'll be interesting to see where that lawsuit happens. But hey, the WWE is known for having some of the best lawyers in the world. I mean, you know, TNT and uh, WCW lawsuits back and forth for the WWE for years. And if you hear 
what Eric Bischoff, who is in charge of WCW, which is World Championship Wrestling, what he said at the time was, we lost pretty much every single lawsuit because the WWE has some of the best lawyers in the business. I don't see this lawsuit going anywhere. What do you think is going to happen, Dragon? Uh, I agree with you. Um, and I was reading an article that had more to do with the the pay, the pay of the uh, the players, but it also went into um, the XFL spending more money on their lawyers than players. And I thought, yeah, you know, when you got that kind of money like Vince has, you know, there's going to people come at you left and right because uh, they want a piece of it. And uh, it only makes sense to, to have a good uh, law team to take care of those because they're going to come at you. And uh, I think it's going to go nowhere. And I agree with you. Uh, they, they've got some of the best lawyers and they should. Well, here's my final words on it. In the lawsuit, it says Vince McMahon engages in transactions that are in conflict with WWE's interests. To me, the WWE engages in all things that hurt my interest because I'm interested in professional wrestling. And I'm going to end with that one right there. And uh, we'll go on to our next topic. The uh, Battle Hawks, of course, we're near St. Louis. We're in North Central Arkansas. And the team we're really watching for, and we're going to be covering a lot of, is the Battle Hawks and some crazy news coming out of the Battle Hawk camp that's just come out today is their offensive coordinator, Doug Meacham, could be leaving. What do you think about that news, Dragon? Yeah, I've read the same, I've read the same thing. Uh it looks like he could be leaving. Uh, he could be leaving uh, to take a job for TCU. Now, like I haven't seen anything official where it says, yes, he is gone, but uh, that's the way it's looking, that he will be going to TCU where uh, he will – you know, he was there before, it looks like. Uh, and uh, he when he was there, you know, he looks like he had a great, great record. He was number two nationally in scoring in 2014 and number seven in 2015. So seeing those records from back then, I hate to see him go. Hopefully he doesn't, but it sure looks that way. Well, I think this is absolutely terrible news for the St. Louis Battlehawks. This season's only in 37 days. Only 37 days away, and your offensive coordinator is possibly leaving the team. You know, I know he's connected to TCU. He's had that success there, but... I mean, what what do you do when your offensive coordinator leaves 37 days away? I mean, isn't he – you would think he would be under contract or something that they could block him uh, from leaving unless, uh, you know, he's just going to forfeit his contract. Surely he's under contract. You know, that's what I was thinking, uh, and I couldn't find anything on that. Uh, it, so, hey, if there's any fans out there you guys know can send us to a place where we can read up on some of this – I couldn't find anything uh, stating, uh, you know, anything about contract and, and, you know, what's the deadlines when it goes to uh, coaches and also players. The only thing I can see is, you know, they started signing contracts back in August and uh, I, I forget what the, when they say they're going, but I couldn't find anything that was a definite, like, you know, where the deadlines were going to be for contracts. Well, I think this to is be signed. Gonna, that is, this is going to be tough news. I mean, this is going to give head coach, uh, Jonathan Hayes, he's only going to have days to fill this role. Training camp is beginning January 5th in three days. Tough news for the Battle Hawks. I hope it's not true because the Battle Hawks, I think, are going to have a very good offensive team. Uh, just 
tough news coming uh, to the Battle Hawks with this news. Yeah, Jonathan Hayes has got his work cut. Coach Jonathan Hayes, I should say, has his uh, work cut out for him. Uh, if if this turns out to be the case and uh, his uh, <clears throat> offensive coordinator is leaving, he's going to be scrambling. And not to mention, you know, you still got you still got time now before kickoff. Uh, Would you say thirty seven days? It is. Yeah, thirty seven days away. Yeah, thirty seven days away. So you still got time for players to to be you know coming and going as well. Uh, so right now it's hard to say what the, for sure with 100%, uh, who's going to be on what team and, and, you know, maybe there's more, it's still early is what I'm trying to say. I know we're getting close, but there's still 37 days. A lot can still happen. Well, we're going to have to see what happens with that. Uh, but more to come on that. Of course, right now it still just could be when that news breaks, uh, we'll definitely be sharing that in future uh, upcoming podcasts. Also, uh, another quick uh, thing we wanted to share today, another announcement. And this is great getting close to the season. We're getting announcement after announcement. It's rapid fire, just like we are today. But uh, a report from Cardboard Connection said that Tops will be releasing a set of XFL cards in March of 2020. It looks like they're going to have 10 cards per pack. 24 packs per box, 12 boxes per case. One six-packs will contain special stars of the XFL cards. And while three of one hobby boxes will include an officially signed XFL player card, the set's going to have 200 players and coachings. No prices announced yet, but sounds very similar to the original XFL cards that came out in 2001. But I think that's great news. That shows legitimacy when Tops is making their football cards. Speaking of uh, those cards, didn't you say you had some when you, with the first uh, XFL, you collected cards? Yeah, I had the I had the complete set. I had even a couple of uh, autographed uh, game balls. I had so much stuff I should have never gotten rid of it. But I never thought the XFL was coming back. But I had a lot of fun collecting those. Of course, I was a 23-year-old man instead of a 10-year-old kid. But I, I think that that's really good when they have cards like that. I'm going to buy a box of cards. I got to make sure I get the complete set just so I can uh, relive the memories. Hey, and, and let me just say this. You're never too old to collect cards. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I, I, it's, I still have mine. I still have all mine from when I was a kid. I love collecting baseball cards, uh, some football cards. Uh, not much with the basketball, but, hey, I still have all of mine uh, locked up in the chest. And, hey, one day I'll open them up and maybe go through them and go down memory lane. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to them having that out. I just – yeah, I wish I could go back and get some of my cards that I used to uh, – uh, I think I used to play a game. I would line them up in the road and then see uh, which ones would get hit when – over him. I thought that was really cool. Uh, looking back, not the smartest investment I ever did, but uh, hopefully the cards are pretty good. I know they've been getting a little bit of grief online. Some people online have been kind of trashing them, kind of making fun of it and say, well, it's not going to matter when the company's non-existent. Uh, those are just haters. Those are people those are just haters. trying to stir crap up. Uh, I'm a, personally glad Tops is doing XFL football cards. Yeah, and you know, not just that they're, it's, they're, they're doing uh, the cards, it, that's, that's uh, promoting, you know. Like you said, Vince is a good promoter, and I'm sure he's got good people there at the XFL to come up with ideas. Um, because I've seen, uh, you know, we just finished Christmas. We, we're in a new year now. But uh, I saw online 
uh, lots and lots of people sharing their, their Christmas gifts and they were, you know, XFL teams, uh, hats, uh, shirts. So again, marketing, getting the word out there, promoting, because that's what's going to make this or promoting and then good football. Well, and that's something you and I have talked off air about the, um, you know, with the AAF, we didn't see this online presence like what has really exploded with the XFL. You know, we didn't see, hey, people getting their AAA stuff. A, I can't even talk. AAA, AAF, I can't even talk. AAF. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I got it. Third time's a charm. Third but, time's a know, charm. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't hear about people, you know, sharing all the items. Oh, I got my new AAF t-shirt of the Memphis Express for – for Christmas, there wasn't any of that. There is a buzz that is building up, and these fans online have been super excited. And I thought the XFL's done a great job. They tied their tickets. You could buy twenty dollar tickets for lower level seats at all the games. They was running a Christmas special. I think that stuff's great. Where else could you go and see a football game for twenty bucks? Hey, that's good family entertainment too. To go out, uh, take your take your kids, your wife, go out to the park. Uh, watch a, a good game of football, you know, maybe have a hot dog. But uh, the most important thing when you're doing, doing that, the size of the game, is when you're with your family, uh, your loved one, your friend, man, you're making memories. Well, I, I think they've done a great job. I've been personally really enjoying watching all the gifts. Of course, I need to order me some uh, merch. There's been some sweet merch that's out there. I need to get me some Battlehawk stuff. But uh, – I think they're doing a great job. And I know you and I have talked too. They're the battle Hawks. They're doing a lot of promotions in the St. Louis area. They're doing a lot of things to try to build a presence in that community. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure the other teams are, are doing the same thing. Like you said, we're seeing a lot more anyway online uh, when it comes to XFL and XFL news, there seems to be a, a lot more buzz around it than there was the AAF. Now the AAF did try to get out, uh, you know, t-shirts hat and, and promoting some, but just seemed like uh, it was a little, not, not enough. And uh, when they really did start pushing and it started to catch on, it seemed to be a little too late because uh, uh, as their funding pulled at that, it was a downward spiral, but um Back to the XFL, uh, St. Louis Battlehawks, man, I see in, uh, a lot of people sharing, uh, sh- showing pictures of their gifts under a tree. You know, hey, look what my wife got me. Look what I got my wife. Uh, that kind of thing. Look, my, look what I got for my son, jersey, hat, whatever. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with St. Louis. That's a football, that's a football town. Uh, they lost their team. And I think the people there, uh, the fans, are hungry for football and they're excited for football to return to St. Louis. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that because later on tonight's show, uh, we're going to visit with the one and only the Zen master, Mike Yemi. He is a, a, uh, St. He was a St. Louis Ram fan extraordinaire. And we want to hear from those former Ram fans. What do you think about the St. Louis Battlehawks? So later on tonight's broadcast, we're going to have the Zen master join us and kind of share, uh, what his opinion is of a uh, as a Ram fan, will the Battlehawks be able to be successful in St. Louis? I think they have a great shot uh, because of the support and again that the, just the fans there seem to be hungry for a football team and they seem to be excited. At least what I'm seeing online. Now we, we're going to find out come game day. 
Yeah, we'll find out by how many people we see in those seats at, when we get to the stadium on that first uh, game. That's right. And, and with the ticket prices that you're, you're talking about, uh, there's no excuse for people not to be there because the ticket prices are going to be too high. So we will find out. And exactly. And speaking of being there, our final topic of the night before we reach out to the Zen Master, um, you know, last week we talked about these starting quarterbacks. There was three quarterbacks that are currently vying for the starting role uh, in, with the St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, that's uh, uh, Jordan Tamau. I think I got it right this week. Taylor you did Heineke. great. Yeah. And Brogan Roback are the three guys vying for the position. I think that is three really good guys. After really breaking down what I'm seeing, of course, they're getting ready to go to training camp in a couple days. But right now, I think Jordan Tamau has got to be the man to beat right now. What do you think, Dragon? I agree, I agree with you. And uh, I was looking at, uh, you know, some polls on that. And according to the XFL News Hub online, uh, they've got Jordan Tamu uh, followed by Taylor Heineke, and they're actually rated uh, number six out of the eight teams. So um, they're they're saying uh, Jordan Tamu, uh, he's a uh, he's he's gifted, and you know I agree with that. And they believe he you know he he could be a sleeper here. Uh, I think with his athleticism, he's somebody to watch. Well, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head. He is athletic. Not only can he throw the ball, he can run it. Of course, as a senior, when he was at Ole Miss, 342 yards rushing, six touchdowns, and we know he can throw the ball. He threw for almost 4,000 yards. Uh, the one thing that he does not have that the uh, other first eight quarterbacks of the XFL have is any professional regular season experience but he's bringing a lot of athleticism to the table. That he is. And another thing, they're going to be playing indoors at home in St. Louis. I think that could benefit the St. Louis Battlehawks. That is a fantastic point. Yeah, think about it. All these other teams, it's going to be February. It's going to be March. How's the weather in February and March? Well, if it's uh, like it is here, you never know one day to the next. It can change just that quick. And I think it will be changing that quick. And I think that is going to be a big fit, uh, big advantage for the St. Louis Battlehawks. But in that quarterback battle, I mean, you got three good quarterbacks. I got to think right now, uh, uh, Tamau and Heineke have to be the top two. And right now, I think Jordan Tamau is actually probably in the lead to be the starting quarterback as we go into training camp. I agree. And, uh, you know, speaking of uh, the, the weather, we talked about this on, a, I think, our first or second, the first podcast, maybe, where we talked about the football. So we're really going to be able to see how well this football is and how, how it's going to play out uh, when, once we start seeing some of the weather, um, these guys catching and throwing the ball. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, I'm I'm getting excited. I can't believe it's only 37 days. It's it's almost feels like it's sl- uh, snuck up on us. And I can't believe Dragon, we're top 100, and we couldn't do that without all those extremely fantastic fans that are out there that have been supporting us. Yeah, again, we thank you very much. Uh, uh, it can't be me, but I think it's it's you. I think it's uh, 
your excitement that you have, Dave, and I think it just uh, pours over, and these guys, the fans are seeing that. Well, man, I'll tell you right now, I am three days energy drink free, but I still feel pumped up, and it's the XFL. I'm, I'm so excited for this league to get started. I'm so excited because we're going to be on the road, baby, and it's going to be a fun couple months as we follow this team. And next week when we're going to come back, you know, we broke down. Right now we think Tamari is leading the quarterbacks. I think we're going to break down some of the running backs next year and uh, also talk about who we think is going to be the runner to beat in the race to be the Battle Hawks starting running back. That's right. And uh, speaking of uh, quarterbacks, I just got to bring this up because uh, I know you're a big fan, but uh, the Dallas quarterback, I think you're going to be a fan. I know you're going to be following the St. Louis Battle Hawks, but how about uh, Laundry Jones, uh, 30-year-old who uh, played for the Pittsburgh, uh, P- Pittsburgh Steelers, and he was, what, 2013, a number a fourth-round draft pick for them, wasn't he? Well, Landry Jones, I got to tell you, of course, I, I'm going to go ahead and break it out. I am a, fu- a fan of the No Fun League, the, the NFL as it's called. But <laughs> this year, my guy, my quarterback, got knocked out for the season. That's Big Ben Roethlisberger. And the Steelers tried to reach out and get Landry Jones from what I read on the sites and stuff. The XFL, after they signed him, actually – didn't allow them to pick him up. We could have used the quarterback. We finished 8-8. Eight eight. The Steelers did. We needed one more win to get to the playoffs. And daggummit, we ended up having two quarterbacks that killed us. But I wish nothing. I wish Landry Jones nothing but success. I'm glad to see that he gets the opportunity because he didn't get much playing opportunity behind Big Ben Roethlisberger. Well, I, I knew uh, you, that would be one, you being a big fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I thought uh, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, this guy, David will definitely know who he is. Uh, I don't know all his stats and everything about him, but I know David will. Well, he could play, and, and speaking of play, I mean, there's some good players that have come out. I know a lot of teams, like you mentioned earlier, they're scrambling to try to get rosters filled. They're, they're uh, different things that have coming open. This next 37 days is going to be pivotal to will the XFL be successful in season one? These are going to be the most important 37 days in the history of the XFL, in my opinion. I agree. Like I say, there could be still more trades, and uh, they're still trying to fill slots, and uh, hopefully we won't see anybody else be leaving, like uh, the bat- what's happening to the Battle Hawks. If it comes uh, – I have again, I haven't seen anything that's uh, saying he has left, but uh, hopefully uh, – and we're talking about the offensive coordinator um, – Doug Meekum, uh, if that's how you pronounce it. I probably butchered it. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we don't see uh, any more like that. Uh, but maybe just some trades and then people filling uh, slots because uh, that's going to be very important as we're getting closer to kickoff. Well, you didn't butcher that as bad as I butchered AAF earlier. <laughs> so uh, it only took you one time to get it, or two times. It took me three times just to say AAF. But right now it's all about – the XFL, the AAF, that was 2019. 2020 is about the XFL. We'll be back in a little bit with our special guest on the show. But for the loose cannon, David McBee and Joey the Dragon Shaw, go out and do something nice for someone because your tomorrows are never guaranteed. And we will catch you. Stay tuned. We got a special interview coming up right after this. But all you Battle Hawks fans, This is the Loose Cannon, David McBee, and we have a very special guest joining us today. 
we have the one and only, the former co-host of the legendary Sports Talk is McKimmy, the one and only, the Zen Master, Mike Himmy. So glad to have you on This is the XFL. Hey, it's been a while, hasn't it? First hey, time th- on XFL. It's been a while since we've done, done this, Dave. Hey, it's gonna be like a glove. It's just gonna fit right in. It's like you won't we we'll be back in the saddle again before you know it. Riding the bike. All right. Well, of course, Mike, you know, uh, we actually just got done doing a show on the XFL. We were talking a lot about the uh, St. Louis Battlehawks. That's that's one of the teams that we're really following. And one of the things that we kind of mentioned in our podcast earlier, we were talking about, you know, is is a is a team going to work in St. Louis? And we thought, what a better person to bring in than probably the biggest St. Louis Rams fan in the entire world that I know. The Zen Master Mike Emmy. Well, you know, looking back at the at the St. Louis Rams, you know, their their time, the Rams, I should say, their time in St. Louis. You know, when they came out here, I've always been a Rams fan, Los Angeles Rams. You know, I'm a fan of the Rams today, and so when when I was growing up, I could never watch the Rams play on TV because their games would never be sold out. And if you didn't know who listening to them on the radio, if you didn't know where they were playing, uh, if you didn't know they were at Los Angeles, you would, you wouldn't know because uh, there would be just as many fans just as there is today of the Eagles, the, the 49ers, the Seahawks, whoever. Uh, there are just as many fans, if not more, of the other team. The the L.A. fans are just not good fans. So I was excited for them to come to St. Louis where I could watch them on TV. They were close enough where I could drive, and you know, we would go to a game every year. Of course, they were terrible when they first came. You know, in the, you know, early on, it was Rich Brooks. Uh, out of Oregon was the, was their coach. You know, went through quarterbacks like Tony Banks. You know, they thought maybe this is a guy. And then finally Dick Vermeil came in, and we had the greatest show on turf. And, you know, to be the one who's going to, you know, uh, lift the team from the the low point that, that, that it's been in for so many years. Because the Rams have a great history. And uh, – you know Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce. You know you know all the all the names. Uh, Tory Holt, and uh, sure enough, he goes down, and then the the grocery sacker comes in, Kurt Warner, and you know history. Hey, but that lasted as briefly as the recent Rams run, and then it was just back to the same old losing ways. And um, you know when the Rams were winning, you. You could not get a ticket. You know, it was much easier when they were losing. In fact, I remember a certain uh, a certain to a game uh, a few years ago, several years ago. Uh, you know, we would go every year, and they weren't very good then. But it was still, you know, it was still fun to watch them, and they they were uh, uh, the fans. The fans were there. You know, uh, it was not it was not the fans' fault that the Rams 
it's Stan Kroenke, you know, and uh, his love of money. Yeah, he saw the chance to go to go to Los Angeles. He saw the chance to build a stadium and make a lot of money. And he's going to make a lot of beautiful stadium. And there are going to be a lot of fans in Los Angeles watching football. But they're just not Los Rams fans. And the city of St. Louis is willing to build a, a state-of-the-art stadium on the river. And, you know, I feel like St. Louis did all it could um, to keep the Rams there. They just didn't have an obliging owner. Well, and that brings us to, you know, of course, the St. Louis Rams uh, fans leave. And I'm going to go backwards just a little bit. Last year, of course, you know, they had, we had the Alliance of American Football. Uh, they had a team in Memphis. That was the closest team that was to us last year uh, that wasn't an NFL team, was the uh, Memphis Express. Uh, there's been a lot of controversy this year because the XFL, when they were picking out their locations, they had tried Memphis in 2001. And now with the new incoming, the in XFL 2020, they decided to bypass uh, Memphis and go with St. Louis. To you, Mike, why do you think Memphis is, or why do you think St. Louis is a better selection for to have a team for the XFL? Well, you know, I think if you go back, if, if this were 30, 40 years ago, I, I I don't know that Memphis isn't the better choice because, you know, the showboats did well in Memphis. And, you know, during the, the USFL days, Memphis, you know, it turned out a pretty good product. And But it's a different – if it's, it's a different era today. And Memphis just never – I mean, it, football just never took hold in Memphis. And we went to a ball game last year, you and Joey and I, and uh, – I mean, there was nobody there. Uh, it, it it was just so sparsely populated, and the stadium is you know it's seen its share of ball. It's not exactly uh, a state of the art stadium. Uh, whereas I think in you know the Edward Jones Dome is much nicer. It's a, it's a, it's a dome for one thing, you know, that, that's, that's going to be convenient. And, uh, you know, um, it's just football is fresh in St. Louis has gone for so long without football. I just don't think there was that appetite that there is, that there, that there might be, uh, in, in St. Louis. Yeah, and the uh, the XFL, you know, of course, that's a the new league. New league. We already know what happened, you know, with the AAF. Of course, uh, uh, for those listening in for the first time, they can check in the archives. And the rise and the fall of the AAF was a previous episode. But you know, the AAF ultimately ended up failing. So the XFL, instead of going back to Memphis, like like you said, like you know, the showboats. You had the Memphis Maniacs back in two thousand one. You had the Memphis Express last year, and you know, instead of going back to Memphis, like it seems all new leagues do, they said, hey, let's try going to St. Louis. And to me, I think that is a great, great spot because, you know, look at the fan base for like, and I hate to say it because I, I can't stand the Cardinals, but look at the fan base, like the St. Louis Cardinals, they're rabid 
fan base, a, sports, a sports fan base there. Yeah, and you know, back in the back when the the Rams were in St. Louis, the the the, the one thing that the the city had going for them there's is the football team and the baseball team and the hockey team. They all supported each other. Uh, all those teams, you know, they, they pulled for one another, and you know, uh, uh, Tony Larusa was uh, uh, a noted Rams fan. And, um, you know, they just, you know, the same thing with the blues, you know, they all pull, pull for each other. You know, they have, you know, uh, they have nights, you know, during Rams games and Rams nights during Cardinal games and blues games, you know, uh, and then of course the blues and the Rams, they, they, they're perfect because they're the same colors anyway. But, uh, you know, I, I I think that, you know, like like you said, the, you know, oh, this is what I think of when when I think of Memphis and St. Louis. You can go back to like the 1980s, you know, when every rock and roll band that was anything—Van Halen, Queen, uh, Def Leppard, whoever—you know—when they were at their height, ACDC, they came to Memphis. Hey, they don't come to Memphis. You know where they go? They go to St. Louis. They go to St. Louis and Kansas City. They skip Memphis and they go to St. Louis instead. And um, I think that's what the what what football has done too. Well, and you know we're really following the St. Louis BattleHawks and that team really trying to get out involved in the community. They're doing a lot of meet and greets. Uh, they're doing ticket sales, twenty dollars a ticket, which is much more reasonable uh, compared to what the AAF was charging. So, I mean, it's a great fan base. If you think about it, the only other probably fall sport after uh, after baseball ends is really the St. Louis Blues. I mean, the arena football leagues, you know, that they don't have an arena team. Uh, so really, you know, the Missouri Tigers, they play in Columbia, not far away. Really, it's going to be the St. Louis Blues and then hopefully the Battlehawks. So, you know, but just by looking at that, hopefully – I really feel the team NFL in St. Louis means not for long because look at what happened to the Cardinals. Look at what happened to the Rams. Even the uh, St. Louis Gunners that they had in 1934. Every NFL, they've had, every NFL franchise they've had, uh, they've struggled. And this is the only XFL team that is not sharing a market with a current NFL franchise. So I think that's going to give them a big advantage. I just hope the St. Louis fans aren't like the Memphis fans where they feel they've been burnt so much. Yeah. You got a good point there, Dave. And, you know, cause there, there is a lot of, uh, you know, animosity, you know, there's probably a better word for that, but uh, there, there's some hurt feelings, I think from the St. Louis football fans, you know, from what happened. Cause it was an ugly ending in, in St. Louis when, when the Rams left. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, I was more of a Rams fan than a St. Louis Rams fan, no matter what. Hey, but there are people in St. Louis that became St. Louis Rams fans when they moved to St. Louis and stuck by them. And those are the fans. People, People just love football. Those are the ones that need to uh you know embrace the the xfl and um 
you know, even when the Rams are losing, you you, you had thirty or forty thousand people showing up to football games, and you know, granted, there were certainly times when uh, a lot of those were from other teams, the opposing team. But hey, if you get half of that, you get fifteen, twenty thousand St. Louis football fans coming out. Every every week, you know that's a win. I think for for uh, the XFL in St. Louis. Well, looking at the stadium, I think right now their plans is to bring the stadium's capacity uh, down to about thirty eight thousand. So I think they're really going to be focused on trying to fill that lower bowl. And honestly, I think that's a great number. I think twenty thousand needs to be the number that they less than twenty thousand. I think has got to be a disappointment. But I think the Battlehawk team is going to have an advantage by playing in, in St. Louis at the Dome is they're going to be the only field playing in the spring in a Dome. All these other teams are going to be out in 5 to 10 degree weather with sloppy fields playing. I think it gives them an opportunity to have a very efficient offense. Yeah, not only that, but it's a better experience for the fans. Right? The fans are going to go in there and, the, you know, it, it's nice to go to a Dome stadium. You know where you know uh, a comfortable a- a- atmosphere to watch a ball game. You know, there's something to be said for you know the frozen tundra and you know of Lambeau Field and all that sort of stuff, and um, you know the purple people eaters back in the, the the 70s and 80s playing in you know sub-zero weather. But today, you know, people want to go to a game. And they'd like to stay comfortable. They like to stay dry. And that's why so many baseball stadiums and football stadiums have, you know, uh, dome or dome stadiums or retractable domes. So, yeah, I think this is a, uh, you know, playing at Edward Jones Dome is, is certainly something in St. Louis's favor. Well, I will say the only thing I am disappointed so far, I think the Battle Hawks are doing a great job trying to get in the community. Uh, on their staff that they set up, uh, really wish they would have had, uh, of course, they're coached by head coach uh, Jonathan Hayes, who had a lot of NFL experience with the Chiefs and the and the Steelers. I would have liked to have seen them bring in like a Kurt Warner or someone like that to be head coach. Only one former Ram on the team, Azahir Akeem, of course, he was part of that uh, greatest uh, – show on turf back in the early 2000s. Yeah, he's got a Super Bowl ring. That was, uh, he, he, he's, I mean, there, there's, he also fumbled, you know, has a famous fumble, but he has some famous punt returns. And yeah, he, he was electric. Yeah, I, I'm glad to see him, see him get a chance to get back. Yeah, I'm with you, Dave. I wish there uh, were a few more you know, uh, Rams fans. There's certainly, uh, players rather that can be involved or, or even, you know, there weren't a lot of, uh, there weren't a lot of good coaches, you know, uh, Dick Vermeil, uh, obviously stands out. Mike Martz was a, uh, a, a for a time, he was kind of like, uh, Sean McVay, you know, had a new type of offense. Nobody had ever seen. And then everybody figured it out. And, you know, that, that was that. And that was there was the end of the greatest show on turf, but yeah, it'd be nice to see some some more uh, 
St. Louis heritage, so to speak. Well, and we're looking forward to, uh, you know, maybe making a road trip to St. Louis sometime in the spring where the, uh, the dragon, the loose cannon and the Zen master, we might check it out, uh, and see exactly how it's turned out. We hope it goes a lot better than the AAF, even though that was still, that was a blast. We had a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully the XFL will not follow, fall down the same path as the Alliance of American football. Yeah, you got it. I hope they, uh, I hope they, uh, hundred percent behind hundred percent behind them. I hope they are a success. I hope they get the fans, you know, fired up. It sounds like, you know, there's a lot for the fans to, you know, uh, uh, have, you know, economically the ability to go, go to ball games with low ticket prices. And, you know, the hungry fans are, are going to get fed if they want the food. Exactly. Well, I just want to thank a minute. Thank you for a minute. Uh, the Zen master for joining us, uh, for calling in. Now we got you set up on anchor. So that means we can call you anytime. Hopefully we can get you to join us again as we continue to progress during this XFL season. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, if I was, uh, I'm a little rusty, you know, it's, it's, it's been a while. Hey, Hey, you did, you did great, man. I can already see the ratings. My phone's been vibrating. The FCC oh, is starting to contact again, just like old times. I bet. Well, thanks a lot for calling in. And uh, that's going to finish up this week's episode.